So a couple of you might have noticed that this is a passage that we have addressed a couple weeks ago. So you might be wondering, I mean, we had about a 35-minute sermon on this passage. Why do we have to revisit this passage? But being aware that this week we have one of the biggest holidays in America called Thanksgiving. I just, I just thought it would, it would be a great opportunity for us to look at um, God's Word to understand what true Thanksgiving is, especially for someone who believes in Jesus Christ. So today we're just going to zoom in on one verse first, and then we're going to zoom out a little bit to make sense of this verse. So verse 20, it says this, pretty straightforward, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So pretty straightforward. Three things I want us to see in this one verse. The when, the what, the who of thanksgiving. Okay? The when, the what, the who of thanksgiving. So question number one. When should we be thankful as Christians? The answer is always. Always. It says in verse 20, thanks, uh, giving thanks always. So for Americans, thanksgiving is a holiday that, that you celebrate once a year. But for Christians, Thanksgiving is not just a holiday. It is something that you do every single day. That it is a part of your life. You know, just like breathing is a constant part of your life, uh, Thanksgiving ought to be a constant part of your everyday life. As followers of Jesus Christ, it means that we live with an attitude of gratitude. There is no season, there is no day, there is no hour where it is not fitting to give thanks to the Lord. It is always right to be thankful to God for all that he has done. So give thanks always. When are we thankful? Always. Now the question, what? What should we be thankful for? That's question number two. Answer is everything. It says in verse 20, Giving thanks always and for everything. Now, this might sound great, but um, notice that it doesn't say be thankful in everything. It says be thankful for everything. Now, in 1 Thessalonians 5.18, we know that Paul does mention being thankful in all circumstances. So that is also part of the thanksgiving that we have to give. Um, but also, we see in today's text that it's not just in everything. It is for everything. And there is a big difference between those two. Because it's one thing for you to say, man, I'm financially struggling, but I'm still thankful in this situation. And for you to say, I'm actually thankful for my financial struggles. It's one thing for you to say, I can be thankful in my sickness. It's another thing for you to say, I am thankful for my sickness. It's one thing for you to say, I am thankful in the midst of all the troubles in life. It's another thing to say, I am actually thankful for all the troubles and the sorrows of life. Just picture in your head your biggest problem right now in life, the thing that you are praying for, the thing that you are hoping that God will move in in such a way that things will get better. Just picture that. Maybe for you, it is your financial situation. Maybe for you, it is your health. Maybe for you, it's, it's a relationship issue. Maybe for you, it's something or someone that you, that you really, really love. Maybe for you, this problem, you've been praying years and years now, and, and you're, not, you're now wondering, what is God doing at this moment? And in the midst of these problems, what God is saying is this, that big problem that you have in your life, don't just be thankful in the midst of that problem, be thankful for that problem. 
that's really, really hard, right? God, I'm thankful, not, not just because of all these things or in these things, but I'm thankful for these things in the good and the bad, in sun and in rain, in joy and in pain. I am thankful, not just in these things, but for these things. That is, that is quite radical. That's taking it up a notch from First Thessalonians 5. And so we see that the timing that we should be thankful is always. What should we be thankful for? Everything. To whom should we be thankful? The answer is God. If you look at this verse, it is God who is our Heavenly Father. It says in verse 20, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father. And there's one last question that we need to answer. How in the world is this possible? How is it possible for us in the ups and the downs, in the highs and the lows of life, to be thankful always for everything to God when at times it feels like God is not doing his job? You know, when you're young, you, you get presents on your birthday, right? And when you're super young, uh, you're thankful for everything, just whatever present you receive, you're really thankful. But once you grow up, like you hit your teenage years, you, you know what's a good present. And, and your grandparents, sometimes they, they bring you nice parents if they're really, uh, you know, up to date and they know exactly what you want. But there are times when someone, maybe your uncle, brings like this ugly sweater. Or the worst is when they bring books, right? They're like, I want you to <laughs> grow in your knowledge. It's really good for you. And they bring books. Uh, I remember, uh, yeah, especially when I was doing youth ministry, uh, our youth kids hated my presence because I would always give out books, right? Um, it, but at the same time, when you receive that present, what's something that your mom or dad always says? Say thank you, right? Like, your face is like, I don't like this present. Like, I have no idea why this person got me this present. But, like, you're forced to say thank you. And so you don't even look at the person. And you just say, thank you. Like, is that what God is trying to do right now? Like, is he, is he telling us that no matter how you feel about the situation, regardless of what you want, like, you should be grateful, you should be thankful, just think about the people who are starving in this world, just think about the people who don't have a roof on top of their head, just think about all the people who are living in the midst of persecution, you should be thankful. Like, be grateful for what you have. Is that what he's saying? I don't think so. I think when God says it is possible to to be thankful always for everything, I think there's a reason why he's saying this. This is a reality that can be experienced in the Christian life. So the question is, how is this possible? There are two things that we have to remember in order to live a life that we are overwhelmed with this thanksgiving to God always for everything. Number one is this. If you want to experience this, this Ephesians 5.20 type of thanksgiving, first we have to remember to, that we have to believe in the gospel. We have to remember and believe in the gospel. It says in verse 20, You do all these things in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So something about this thanksgiving has to do with what Christ has done. It's in his name that we are able to give thanks. Notice the Bible doesn't say give thanks because you have all these great things. Give thanks because your situation is so good. No, that's not what the Bible says. It says give thanks in the name of of our Lord Jesus Christ. In other words, the only person who can give thanks in such a way is if Jesus is their Lord and Savior. Like, you have to be a true believer to be able to give this type of radical thanksgiving to to God. And if you look at Romans 1, this kind of makes sense. Because in Romans 1, Paul begins to talk about a universal problem called sin. 
He says, humanity is under condemnation that they are subject to the wrath of God. It says in Romans 1.18, it says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of man who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. So Paul is talking about a group of people who are unrighteous, who are ungodly. They suppress what is true. They ignore God. Although it is plain that God exists and he is worthy of all praise, they ignore him. And so this is a definition of a sinner. Like Paul is giving you a picture. This is what a sinner looks like. But notice in verse 21 and 22, this is what, what Paul says describing the ungodly, describing the people who are under God's judgment. It says, For although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him. But they became futile in their thinking. And their foolish hearts were darkened. So what is the key characteristic of those who are ungodly? You might have expected, well, murderers, adulterers, uh, you know, all these people that you see on the news. But the Bible says, no, the people who are ungodly, who are under the wrath of God, are people who do not honor God nor give thanks to the Lord. They don't give thanks to God. In other words, it is evil, sinful, and wicked and foolish to not honor God or to thank God. The problem of thanksgiving is a little bit deeper than what we actually think. Other places, the Bible actually says that if you lack thanksgiving or gratitude in your life, you are under, the, under demonic influences that Satan is working in your life. Just look at the garden in, in Genesis 3. The serpent, which is definitely influenced by Satan, or he could be embodiment of Satan, um, he comes to Eve, and he, he brings a question. He says, did God really say? And the question points to the fact at, at God's goodness. God, did God really say you, you can't eat of, 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 of these trees? And, and, and Eve begins to quote what God has told her. At the same time, if you look at her answer, what she does is... Um, God said you can have every tree in the garden. Everything is yours. And by the way, these are not just, just some, some small, bad, unfruitful trees. The Bible actually says in Genesis 2 that everything in that garden, every single tree in that garden was good for food and pleasing to the eyes. Like best quality trees all around. And yet, what Eve begins to say is she takes the word every out of that, 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 that phrase that God has given to her. Instead of saying every tree I can eat, no, she says I can eat from these trees. She takes the word every, decreasing God's provision. Instead, she says, I can't eat it nor touch it. God never said you can't touch it. He said you can't eat it. But what Eve is doing is increasing God's restriction. So all of a sudden, Eve begins to question God's goodness. And she becomes unthankful, like ungrateful for what she has. Although she has everything that she needs in life the full presence of God, God literally walking in the garden. Every tree that she would ever want is right there. The Bible says the reason why she went after the tree of knowledge and good and evil is because in her eyes, that was good for food and pleasing to the eyes. And she had a desire to become wise. It's ironic that the very thing that she was looking for was all around her. And that, that's what sin does. That's what Satan wants to do. Satan wants us to believe that we deserve better. That, that what we have is not enough. That there's more to, to, to life than what God has to 
offer. Satan wants you to question God's goodness. That's his ultimate goal. He wants you to lose sight of the goodness of God. You know, in the academic world, especially if you go to school, you know this, plagiarism is a big deal. What is plagiarism? It is taking someone else's work or someone else's thought, and you're pretending that it is your own. You are taking something that belongs to someone else, and you're acting as if that is, your, that is yours. And what happens if you get caught with plagiarism is you get kicked out. It's, it's no question. Like that, that, that is a no-no. Um, that's a big deal in our society. You know what sin is? It begins with this cosmic plagiarism. When God said, everything belongs to me, that everything is good, and yet you ignore what God has said, and although God has given to you these things graciously, you act as if that is your own. That's cosmic plagiarism. You're not acknowledging something that what, what it really is. You're not saying that this belongs to God, but you're actually saying this belongs to me and I deserve it. Like, I, I deserve to eat from this, this tree. I deserve to be wise like God. A life of sin begins with a lack of gratitude. And how do you, how do you overcome this? It is only through the gospel. It's only when you fix your eyes upon Jesus that you begin to see that, that you actually have more than you deserve. No, there's a, there's a uh, YouTube channel that I love to listen, and, and this is based on a radio show by Dave Ramsey. I think I mentioned him before. He's a financial advisor, a Christian financial advisor that good, gives good device, advice. And then when I'm listening to his show, every single time, like, you know, he would begin, how are you? Like, how do you do? And the person who's calling in would ask the same question, and Dave Ramsey always answers, better than I deserve. And I thought, that is such a weird phrase. Because normally we say, I'm doing good. I'm doing great. But every single time, Dave Ramsey, he says, better than I deserve. The more and more I think about that phrase, I think that he's not just coming up with that phrase. Like, if you listen to his testimony, how he went bankrupt when he was in his tw- early 20s, how he hit rock bottom, and as he was looking for financial advice, he actually went to the Bible and he met the Lord, and he realized something more important than, than money. Um, you realize that this is someone who realizes the, the depths of sin, where they were, and if you just think about the Bible, what the Bible says about our lives, that we were lost in our sin, that we were dead in our trespasses and sin, that we were lost with hope, that we were lost with joy, that we were lost with purpose in this world, that, that we deserve nothing but the judgment of God. And yet, for whatever crazy reason, God graciously offers his son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross. And, and through that message, we are saved, that we get to experience the fullness of life, that we get to enjoy God and his glory and his goodness forevermore. Like, if you think, if you really believe that is true, if you believe in the gospel, then every single thing that you hit in life is that you're able to say, this is, this is something that, that I can endure. That in my life, I'm still receiving more than I deserve in life. The gospel teaches us that you can be grateful in all circumstances, anything that comes your way. And this gratitude, by the way, charges everything that we do in our Christian life. You just think about forgiveness, right? If you are not thankful for the way that God forgiven you, you'll never forgive others in a radical way. But if you are thankful for the way that God has forgiven you, despite you being 
the sinner of sinners, all the things that you have done before him, like it is, it is possible for you to forgive those who, who wrong you. You think about worries, right? Why do we worry? It's because we, we simply forget all that God has done in the past and all that God has done through Jesus Christ. And so we worry. Like we forget the good work that God has done in our life. And, and so a lack of thanksgiving, a lack of gratitude leads to, to worries. But if we are, we are thankful always, if we are reminding ourselves every single day of what God has done um, for us, especially through the cross, then we don't have to worry. If he was faithful in the past, he will be faithful to the very end. You think about guilt, right? The only reason why you would feel so bad about yourselves, you would think so low of yourselves, that you feel shameful about yourselves if, if, if you don't understand what God has done for you on the cross. Like, if you look at the cross and see how God has valued you, that he was willing to send his one and only son to die in your, in, in your place, then how can you not be grateful? And so the gospel, it changes everything. Your, your generous giving, your contentment in life, everything, it, it depends on your thanksgiving. If, if you are burdened by God's word and you feel like, man, this is so hard to live out, most likely you are just doing things on your own rather than relying on God's grace. Because when God's grace invades your heart and in your life, the things that God calls you to do no longer are things that you have to do. There are things that are, you're simply doing as a small token, as a small sign of appreciation for what God has already give, given to you in your life. And so how can you live a generous life, a life of thanksgiving, a life that's always reminded uh, of, of the, uh, the, the good work of Jesus Christ? You have to believe in the gospel. That's the first thing. Number two is this. How can you genuinely give thanks to God uh, in, in all circumstances for everything? Number two is you must be filled with the Spirit of God. You need the Holy Spirit. Like, this is not something that you can do on your own. You need the Holy Spirit. And you look at the context of, of Ephesians 5.20. Notice that that is not a command, but it is a participle that comes out of a command in verse 18, where it says, Do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. And when you are filled with the Spirit, the Bible says there are a couple things that are going to happen in your life. In your heart, you're going to be singing these melodies, these songs. You're going to be filled with thanksgiving. You're going to submit to one another in a way that we see Husbands and wives are willing to submit to one another for the glory of the gospel. You see in, a work, in your workplace that you're willing to lay down your rights, your, your wants for the glory of the gospel. Everything is propelled by this filling of the Spirit. And so what happens when you are filled with the Spirit, we talked about this before, that the Spirit begins to take control over your life. The Spirit transforms your life. The Spirit leads you, guides you. The Spirit begins to shape your heart in a way that you will give thanks always for everything. It is the Holy Spirit that leads us to live in such a way. Now, earlier we, we said Christians should be thankful for, for everything, not in everything, for everything. I think the key to understanding that phrase is actually in Romans 8, the passage that we looked at last week. If you go to Romans 8, you remember that the Spirit, when we don't even know what to say when we pray, like when we are struggling mightily, like 
and we don't even have words to say. Like the Spirit is interceding on our behalf. He's helping us in our weakness. That, that's what it says in Romans 8, 26 and 27. And so the Spirit is for you, not against you. The Spirit is, is, is leading you and guiding you and, and interceding on your behalf. But notice what happens in verse 28. After talking about the Spirit, it says in verse 28, And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. Through the Spirit, there's something that we begin to realize in the midst of hardships and difficulties. It says, and we know. There's something that we know. And we know for those who love God, not just some things, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purposes. So here's why you can be thankful for all things. It's because God is working in all things. You're not, you're not simply thankful because you're broke financially, but you're still thankful for that situation because God is working in the midst of your brokenness. If you ask Dave Ramsey, are you thankful that you went broke, bankruptcy uh, in your early 20s? He's probably going to say, yeah, absolutely. At that time, it was difficult, but now that I look back, without that moment, I would have never been the man I am today. You're not thankful that someone, someone just fired you or you lost someone that you love. You're not thankful simply because you, you, you lost your health or, or if water comes down in the middle of the night from your ceiling, which happened last week to me. Like You're not just thankful for those things because you enjoy those experiences and it makes you happy. No. In the midst of all your problems and all your struggles and all your brokenness, the reason why you can be thankful for those things is because God is working in those things. You can be thankful for all things because God is working in everything, the Bible says. And it takes the Spirit of God to help us believe and see and realize and remember in the midst of all the negative things in life, God is still infinitely wise he is still infinitely good, that he is infinitely powerful, and he is always faithful. He's always faithful. And so we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good, for those who are called according to his purposes. Notice that he's not just working for, your, for the good according to your standard, but he's working for his good, for your good, according to his purposes. God is always working and therefore, we should always be thankful. So in order to be thankful in a radical way, in a Ephesians 5.20 type of way, uh, you must believe in the gospel. You must be filled with the Spirit. Um, there's an illustration that I heard from, from a pastor that, that I respect. And um, I think it will be relevant, especially now that Thanksgiving is coming around. Um, I don't know if you love baking. I love pastries. I literally have to see if I'm, I'm addicted to sugar or something. I just love pastries. Um, I, I don't know much about baking. Um, I, I love eating cakes, pies. I personally don't enjoy eating a stick of butter. I don't enjoy a cup of sugar. I don't, I don't pour flour, raw flour in my mouth and say, man, this is tasty, right? Those individual ingredients. Maybe you enjoy those things, right? Like, good for you, but, but I don't. Like, but when you put those things together in a bowl, you mix it together, and you pop that thing into the oven, and you begin to smell the, the fragrance of, of, the, of the pie or the, 
the pastry that you're, you're cooking, um, what you realize is that when those individual ingredients, which are not that useful individually, if you put those things together and there's a master chef that is putting those things together, it comes out in a very delightful way that you can really, really enjoy. All the struggles, the pains, and the hardship in life, they might be a, like a stick of butter. They might be like a cup of sugar. They might be like a pound of flour. And at that moment, when you're going through really, really difficult times, you might feel like, God, what is this stick of butter? What is this cup of flour? But what you're not seeing is that God, in the midst of all those things, he's putting those ingredients together, things that you feel like are not useful are harmful to your system, and he's cooking something delightful. You, you just asked Moses. The moment he was born, his mom was forced to give him up because Pharaoh was going to kill all these children in Egypt. And so literally, the moment this woman gave birth, she had to give up her child. You know what happened? Like in that de- devastating moment, that child gets picked up by the daughter of Pharaoh. And Dara Pharaoh falls in love with this child, but she has no idea how to raise this child, so she looks for a nanny, and the nanny just happened to be Moses' real mom. And so Moses' real mom got paid to raise her own child. Like, I don't think she was thinking that far when she gave up the child in the river. And I don't think she was thinking that this child would later come back after 80 years and lead the people of Israel out of Egypt. You think about the life of Joseph, all the stuff that he went through, how he was despised by his own brothers, how he, he, was, he, 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 was, he was sold as a slave, that, he, was mis- that he, he got into this scandal that he didn't really do, but he ended up going to jail, and he's just hitting rock bottom every single time. Like, you think there's no way that he can go eat lower than this, and then he's like topping every single time. And when he looks back, he says, all these things that people meant for evil, like speaking to his brothers that literally tried to kill him, he says, God has been working these things for his good. Like God meant this for good. Like story after story you see in the Bible, in that moment, it was just a stick of butter, a cup of flour. You have no idea why this is existing in your life, but you see behind the scenes, God is cooking something up incredible, and you see the life of Jesus the cross, the most horrible way for a person to be executed, the most painful, shameful way for a person to be executed, and yet we are here today celebrating the beauty of the cross, which makes no sense if you think of just the element of the cross, but it makes complete sense if you see the work that God was doing with those ingredients on the cross. Praise God for who he is, for all that he has done. He is cooking something in your life today. You might not see it fully, and that's why you need the Spirit of God to help you see it, but trust in His goodness. Trust in His faithfulness. What we need is not more stuff. What we need is a fresh view of God's goodness. And so may this Thanksgiving, as you're celebrating all the reasons that you're thankful for, instead of focusing on all the things that you have and you don't have, why don't we just simply focus on the one who is the source of all blessing, God and his son, Jesus Christ. Let's pray together.